Hi, it's been so long. I know. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. You know, uh, all's yeah. well in LA. I love your show in Chicago. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Did you, you got to see like some pictures for, of everything? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm missing out a bit because it is so physical and it feels like scale is really important. But yeah, I have thoroughly looked at the images and I was doing like a deep dive. Your assistant like sent me all this stuff to look through and it was very uh, uh, educational and inspiring. (laughs) Cool. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I actually got to go to Chicago to do the install. Oh, cool. Which was really, it's my first, like, time leaving California. Cool. What was the, <laughs> did you get to, like, ha- see anybody come, to, like, did you get to stay for people to come see the show, or you just kind of came and left? I wasn't ready to have, like, an opening. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I was vaccinated and everything, yeah. but it just still didn't feel like I yeah I didn't tell friends that I was like Chicago friends that I was in town mm-hmm. I think like a couple fig, like figured it out or something and then I was like I'm gone already so there was no opening mostly because I just didn't want to like that part of an opening where you just have to kind of be available for like anyone who comes through yeah <laughs> you know all of our socializing has been so restricted to kind of like, like very like you know be carefully planned things yeah like an opening just seemed very like I wasn't ready for that yeah yeah <laughs> I mean it's interesting like I because your work is so kind of ensemble cast or something or it's so collaborative um I Mm -hmm. imagine has that been hard like to work within those constraints or 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 have the people that you've been interacting with like been have you continued to kind of do collaborative portraits and things oh well I didn't nearly make as much work last year as typical or as Mm -hmm. before you know um and then I mean some of the stuff in the Chicago show was from like 2019 you know I tend to not show stuff right away but then there were a couple of things from 2020 and so some of the like three of the of the of the friends who were in the work were in my little quarantine pod yeah yeah you know (laughs) and so and we like so a bunch of the so some of the works that are in it we just made like right at our birthdays like our birthdays are three weeks or three weeks apart like mm-hmm. October um 11th 19th and 25th so mm-hmm. we just called it like the Libra Scorpio cusp pictures yeah. <laughs> I mean if that's not like in the press release or anything yeah but that's like the background behind them but so you know I there was some stuff that was made like within within quarantine yeah yeah um, I mean, it's very, I, I mean, I, I like seeing them because they do feel so physical and intimate and that has felt so like in rare supply or something. 
Um, I mean, I, I have a lot of things. Like, I feel like your work has so many threads and layers. It's hard to know where to start. But I thought maybe a good place to start would be talking about the title stage. Cause oh, yeah. Something that, occurred, well, I, re- I heard you in some, one of my research things saying, like, you think of, like, the studio as a stage. But then I was, like, thinking about, um, I think something that's really interesting about the word is, like, has many meanings but it also it's like I feel like the question of what is on stage or what is like behind the scenes mm-hmm. you know like this conflation of what are what are we supposed to see and what aren't we or what is being hidden a little bit mm-hmm. and like kind of bearing bearing your devices and things like that yeah oh gosh I'm thinking about all of those things I uh, where's where to start? Um, uh, which one of those is your favorite? <laughs> um, well, I love. I think I'm very partial to the to the images with the um with the like curtains in them, and especially where you only kind of have where things are happening behind the curtains. I really like those. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, curtains are like such an element of the stage mm-hmm. and those ones were all because the curtains I guess this is in like some works that started in maybe 2017 or 18 I lose track of the years maybe mm-hmm. 2018 2019 there were these ones called drop scenes because mm-hmm. there was with the first darkroom one the first darkroom pictures with the with the using the, the velvet it was, you know, when you construct a backdrop, there's like a space behind it. And it was about like moving into that space, which is often kind of, I think it's it's just like a very interesting space. And so then that's the space that was like the the dark cloth or the dark room, which was, it started off being literally just kind of like like thumb tacked the velvet, like in front of the mirror and then just like holding it back and going underneath. Mm-hmm. then just because it just gets it's just like a practical thing of like it gets really hot being underneath a bunch of mm-hmm. velvet so I got so I started putting it up on stands mm-hmm. and so then once you start thinking about like because I'm never trying to make something be like as soon as the the fab the the I was using the stands to hold up the black the, vel- the velvet mm-hmm. like, they had to become part of the work because I'm not trying to ever make I wasn't trying to make it continue to look the same way as if when I was draped under it or mm-hmm. we were draped under it. So then this, so thinking about the, the background, how do I say the, what the, the stands that are typically background stands, how they're used like as the backdrop became somewhere in the middle of the studio space. Mm-hmm. And so then they became something that you kind of can work with on all sides. And so then I was thinking about like the drop scene as like, the the I think in this in like theater terms is like the drop scene is like the curtain that comes down so then something mm. can be arranged behind it like the you know in between the scenes the the sets are changed or actors move into position and then it comes back up yeah and so I was thinking of anything that happened in like you didn't know within those drops well maybe maybe one does know, but that like 
whatever is happening in the drop scene images could be, we presume that maybe it's in front of the backdrop, but perhaps it's actually behind the backdrop. Mm-hmm. That it's sort of like that whole thing. So yeah, anyways, that just kind of goes into all this thinking about like um, stage. Yeah, <laughs> it becomes this like liminal space, I feel like, because some of it's like happening on the edge of that space. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, but you are, and kind of like, another thing I was thinking about, I don't know if this is totally related to that, but like, um, like it feels like often the photographer is like in a distancing role between the subject, the the photographer and the subject, there's like a distance. And I feel like in your mm-hmm. photographs, like the photographer or even furs, plural, and the subject are all kind of collapsed and entwined and things. But there's mm-hmm. now maybe a distance with like the viewer a bit. Like I feel like there's this play between letting us in and kind of keeping us a little out as well. Yeah. Very much so. Like, yeah, I'm always thinking kind of about like where the the viewer of the final images is in relation to to the image, mm-hmm. and kind of like being implicated in relationship to the image, or figuring out how, if, and how, and why they want to enter into the space and how all that works you know it's all like yeah that there's you know in this in the same way that I think like in in performance like taking into account like the position or I mean I think ideally the position Mm -hmm. of the viewer right uh, but what's also kind of interesting about like an actual like performance unfolding on a stage if it's like a play or whatever it is it's like there is no I guess maybe everything happens towards like an ideal spectator position Mm. which is probably someone with like who's got a good ticket that costs a little bit more that's like at the center you're never like too far off this to one side or like Mm. you know that there's um but there's like many, but there's many. But the thing with the photograph is there's the the person, the final view of the image has already been aligned with the point perspective of the camera. So like no matter mm-hmm. how many viewers there are, there you're it's always it always ends up being like merging with my position or the or the position of the camera. So yeah, I don't have an answer to that. I don't know if I'm just rambling on, but that's another thing that I think is like thinking about the difference between like how a stage functions in space mm-hmm. unfolding over time and when that is then is represented through an image, like mm-hmm. or through a photograph that relies on one point at which that image was made. Yeah. And I feel like there's also like, well, I think of a lot of things out the, out of that idea. That's why it's like hard to begin because I just <laughs> feel like it all kind of dovetails into other things. But um, one thing I was thinking about around that like idea of 
Like it feels like there's this simultaneous kind of theatricality and completely untheatrical. Like it feels like it's, it is staged. Like we see all these parts of the production or the, the, the mechanisms of it, but then it also feels like we're seeing something that is not planned or even that that is natural and kind of unperform unperformative like mm-hmm. that we're that we're glimpsing something that is not actually uh, artificial if that makes sense like yeah it's a, like i was on a conversation with like a like a, a someone earlier who's like not like an art historian, like a a scholar. I guess people are scholars <laughs> or something. You know, thinking about work. Um, who had mentioned the idea of like about think was wanting to ask me some questions about the work and was framing it as any image is actually about process. Mm -hmm. or in the process of figuring a thing out rather than it being the thing. And it's like, it connects to something that like a a friend, a fellow photographer said when she stopped by my studio and she was like, oh, I love that. I never know what's like the setup and what's the event or -hmm. what's like before something is supposed to happen or after or during, like it's like, I think kind of what you're saying is like, it's at a, a kind of photography where there is no sort of like decisive moment, which has been like the thing that, you know, that's always yeah. it's like, oh, this is the moment, but it's, but it's just kind of like, oh, there's this, there's a certain kind of constraints or, or elements like formal or like compositional that are like the starting point. Yeah. And then the thing that unfolds. And then it's kind of like, okay, we're going to like, start off with like this and then everything is just kind of getting figured out mm-hmm. and so the images aren't about kind of like doing all this thing you know I guess there's one way to kind of like I was thinking recently about like the kind of like really like kind of like professionalized like advertising editorial shoot do you know about mm-hmm. these ones where like an entire shoot will be done with like a stand in and a whole production and then like the team the marketing people the brand people will like choose the one page and then an entire shoot is is done again in order to reproduce that but with like the like athlete or the singer or the like supermodel because their time is so like expensive or whatever (laughs) <laughs> yeah and to eliminate the to eliminate chance mm-hmm. and so this is all about kind of like okay that you have the setup but like the interesting thing comes from what can't be planned yeah exactly yeah I feel like so, you're like adding up the conditions yeah so the for... final image mm-hmm. yeah go ahead sorry <laughs> oh yeah so it's just like the the images, the final images are like the thing that's actually the process of figuring a thing out rather than something that is figured out. Yeah. 
That's why, yeah, that's why in part I wanted to have you on the show because I do think your work is so much about process and it, I feel like it conjures a kind of imagination of what else has happened or goes on. I think maybe especially when you're with other people because it does seem like, yeah, we're just seeing a moment of a larger story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. I wonder if you could talk about that. Like, what what does it actually feel like to kind of do a sh- a shoot with you, or or how is there is it different based on who you're working with? Yeah, it's just like kind of there's a little bit of maybe like brainstorming with a friend or something mm-hmm. like that, or there might be a starting point, kind of like, or or maybe like I mean I'm just oftentimes just like here by myself, just like. Mm-hmm moving things around and just like, like trying stuff out myself. And it's like the same thing at like same thing since like the studio museum residency, right? It's like, as even if you, even if you're somebody who makes pictures of other people, most of the time is not spent with other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a, so, so there might be a starting point where like I was trying things out and then I'm like, Oh, it would now would be interesting to like bring someone else in or maybe just like I'm having a conversation with a friend and they're like, Hey, it's been a while since you've like made something together or like done a portrait. Mm-hmm. So it just, it may come together in different ways. And then um, it's really kind of just like working off of whatever elements are currently like happening in the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just sort of like playing off of it, like just sort of like playing off it. Like if I think of the ones that are in the, stage show um I think everything was kind of just sort of spontaneous mm-hmm. like you think of like the studio one like the large one with the three figures mm-hmm. and, and like you see the back of like this mobile flat mm-hmm. like we were just sort of like moving around and just sort of like seeing what looked interesting and then just like hanging out Mm-hmm. And it wasn't super, like, none of it was planned. The only thing that we had is, like, we decided we were going to, at first, actually, it was going to be the entire sort of, like, our entire little quarantine pod. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it just ended up being, like, the three of us. And, we, you know, it was just, like, here's the people. Mm-hmm. Here's the elements. I, at the time, I was working with that mobile mirror thing. And then also with the with the curtain Mm-hmm. The, the velvet curtain which again it was like okay here's this is one way that it's been set up like how can interesting images be made with like three people in them and we just kind of were like playing around yeah. and just sort of like seeing what was like really interesting and that's kind of really how it unfolds it's not like sketching out or predetermining like what a particular image is going to be you know mm-hmm. um they're always just sort of like playing off other things yeah yeah. And then just kind of like having fun and sometimes just like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. And then sometimes things work out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I do get a sense of real like play and even like fun, even though, I mean, I feel like sometimes fun is a weird, weird, weird word <laughs> about art or like, I don't know. I don't mean it in a pejorative way, but it does feel like there's a real pleasure of this play that is yeah. palpable. But I, that, I mean, but I think what, you're right. Like, it is a tricky thing. I remember, I can't remember who said it, 
But like, I remember one of our teachers, professors, I guess everyone's a professor, like asking someone if the they just liked making the work that they were making. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, and I think it's something that we all have to figure out as artists where it's like, oh, is whether or not it's like a type of mark making or a type of like, how, like, is this something that you're doing just because you like doing it? Yeah. And has it then, has it progressed to a point of like actually having a little bit of like, like introspection on it and like th- saying like, oh, is this just out of habit or pleasure? And either I'm going to go with it, I'm going to lean into it and investigate it, or does it need to be like changed up? So I think doing things just because they're like, the first thing or the comfortable thing or the pleasurable thing can Mm -hmm. be a trap but I'm actually interested in like going with that in a in a certain way because there's like you know it's the thing that I've like talked about with like going back to those like early portraits and just sort of realizing like that like you know a photographer or a painter or whatever might make portraits for our own kind of like wanting to like know or answer questions or just spend time with the subject of the work mm-hmm. and no, no matter how kind of like a tight a circle that is once they go out to the world they become something else mm-hmm. you know so basically that just like all photograph like all of this like work that starts off with portraiture or figurative work or whatever it is is going to enter into like a whole circulation, like an economy of image circulation mm-hmm. and how, and I'm always interested in like how and why images are used. How do they end up getting used outside of the realms of art? Mm-hmm. You know, um, they're like, you know, they satisfy egos. They're like solicitous. They're like, they can be mysterious. You know, they can be like, something that is closely guarded. They can be something that's like, just like totally shared widely. So I think part of the, it's part of the play or part of the like, the thing is kind of just working with like this acknowledgement of, of this weird like awareness, but like not direct presence of, of voyeurism. Mm-hmm. exhibitionism like it's all I don't have an answer to this but and I don't know if it's making sense and continuing off what you're asking about like um pleasure but I think what I'm trying to say is like sometimes oh now I okay it's kind of mm-hmm. like acknowledging that mm-hmm. and then actually like trying to dig deeper and do something interesting with it rather than letting it just sort of be the end point because mm-hmm. I think yeah. a lot of that, you know that's why there's like so much bad gay art or just like mm-hmm. or it could be whatever or it could just be like you know what was that gal <laughs> I was like I was just having a flashback of going to like just thinking back to like the, the arts in New York yeah like, you know one of the places you know admittedly that like I was showing much of stuff and a lot of people was like envoy right right just like that low like you know like that downtown just sort of like basic gay scene or whatever yeah, that was yeah. really frustrating because the conversations didn't go really deep but I was trying to remember there was like a straight version of that like on Bleecker Street it was like 
at Bleecker and Crosby in a basement. And it was just kind of like, that's where it was just like, <laughs> I remember, I can't remember being like, what that was, but I'm sure it's, yeah, I maybe mean, it was a few. Yeah. <laughs> but Anyways, yeah. It's not just like a gay thing, but it's like, yeah, that's why I think it's really hard to make work that is about like, that's like about these things. Yeah. Well, I think you've done, I feel like you've found this way where you almost like created a situation and maybe cause I'm not a photographer. I maybe think of things slightly different, like not from a photo point of view, but like, I feel like you almost created this thing where you're almost like a painter or something in the sense that they have these materials that they can always start with and maybe for you that's like your studio and these certain props and things and then you just go with that and see what comes of it and I feel like also Mm -hmm. I was visiting our mutual friend Timothy Hull a while ago and he was kind of showing me some of your past like books of your work and and Mm -hmm. it was really interesting to think to see the trajectory which I feel like you kind of maybe, I feel like maybe harken back to in the show some pieces that are more like straight mm-hmm. portraiture or, or more, more traditional portraiture. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you created this space where you really deepened this and it became just more, way more complex, but it's interesting to see the origins of it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I miss going up to, I need to get back out there because yeah. I haven't been to, I think it was the summer of 2019. Mm-hmm. I stayed up there with Tim and Corey, mm-hmm. got to see his studio. And, yeah, it's such a dream like, up there. <laughs> yeah, hang out with them and Luca. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so nice. But yeah, anyways. Yeah, it's uh, the the everything is connected, mm-hmm. <laughs> and kind of goes back to that kind of like starting point of like, you know, even in those very first ones, it was like okay, like there was just like if I could, if there was, if I didn't have to do anything else, if I didn't have to like worry about laundry and like paying bills and like, you know going to the grocery store or whatever, like I could just take portraits of anyone all day. Like, really? Like it would, you know, cause it's just like, that's the thing that's just like really pleasurable. It's just mm-hmm. like me. And so I have to like kind of stop myself from just like, I have to like put certain like <laughs> parameters myself, but also it's just like, it would be, it would just sort of like be ridiculous. <laughs> um and I think but acknowledging that 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 just like a pleasure in making portraits was the starting point mm-hmm. but then all of the stuff that has developed since then has been by by reflecting on and incorporating the unanticipated things that resulted from making portraits right so it's yeah. like those initial portraits and projects like that Tim and other friends and stuff were in was like okay this is these are like very straightforward portraits, but they were being put out into the world in this way that I don't think any of us anticipated how complicated, like just like the circulation and the reproduction of these images would be in this sort of like gay art space. And then 
really sort of like reacting to that, mm-hmm. um, thinking about like that's where elements I think of like reincorporating images, like literally thinking about how how material goes out into the world and how it comes back into the studio or into our kind of like grasp and then reincorporating it. Like that's where like whether or not it's like reflection or like the quote unquote collage stuff like begins is just by like literally from from sometimes just like going back and re- and like just photographing all the other material that got edited out that mm-hmm. still kind of like lingered with me and then you know as it and then moving into the studio really brought up ideas of like mirroring before there were any mirrors because or and even just making photos at home brought up ideas of mirroring because once images are out in the world any friend or or you know it's it's really hard to make a portrait of a friend without there being an awareness of all the other portraits that have been made mm-hmm. and the way in which we just kind of subtly like incorporate that into like how we present ourselves and I started mm-hmm. noticing like this these sort of like repetitions and then so it became really even more interesting making portraits at the studio museum when I would still leave all of the other in-process material around and then you would really start to see these like fragments of other works being kind of like literally reflected in like the posture or or the look of the person who was in the studio that day Mm, no it's like and then and then like not having a studio those years of like 2011 to 14 was just like learning how to get be comfortable snapshots and other kinds of material but I didn't know what to do with it, you know? And so then the physical mirrors became a way to organize that material mm-hmm. because, and that's how the mirror, you know, those first studies began, you know? Yeah. It was like literally like I needed like a, I wanted a surface that I could kind of like arrange these fragments and make sense of them mm-hmm. and rephotograph them. Like, and the, and the rephotograph would kind of be like the, like, you know, like, I've, okay, I put it at, like, all the little material in the sleeve, and then it's going to, you know, it's, and it's an image, and I kind of, I've set up some relationships between all this stuff, and then it's, I've kind of got an understanding of it, and then I can, like, let it go, and then having to think about, like, what kind of fragmentation is happening on that surface, and then, like, what makes certain things visible and not led to, like, thinking about the surface of the mirror and the smudges, mm-hmm. and what requi- what was required to make the, that visible and that was the black velvet or the brown velvet or like you know my body or other things like that and that's what led to them you know everything kind of just like at the starting point is just like the pleasure of taking portraits and then everything else just is about like okay well I have to I can't ignore all this other stuff that's happening from that process and now it it became like where the you know the last four years has just been the overall kind of roughly the dark room stuff yeah, I think like maybe when the, it feels like the mirror was like a real breakthrough for you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's so the, and there's this idea of like reflection and refraction and like reverberation. I think that's why maybe it gets like so complicated to talk about because everything starts to like mirror and like reverberate or something. So like once you talk about one thing, it kind of just ends up 
bringing up all these other things. But um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like the mirror is, well, I was wondering, like, have you, uh, were you, I don't, I'm no Lacan expert, but I was like thinking about Lacan and the mirror stage and like, I guess mm -hmm. this idea when we form our self identity and it was, I was like reading up on it a bit before this and it was talking about like it also kind of, what did it say? Um, that it also has to do with the dependent on the other and that felt like it really related to your ideas too. Mm -hmm. um, do you think about like things like that, like psychological theory or whatever or do you All care about that <laughs> yeah uh, I mean I think it's I'm aware of it and like you know I I, I worked with Andrea Fraser a bit at UCLA and like I met a few times and had some good conversations with Mary Kelly and like that's their whole thing they're like yeah. <laughs> and psychoanalysis people you know so yeah thinking about like the mirror the mirror the mirror stage but I think may I think it, it provides an interesting like externalizing like incorporating and external incorporating the mirror and externalizing the gaze maybe mm -hmm. is in could be interesting to think about in these works with the mirror because I guess of the mirror stage thing it's like I think perhaps it's the part of it, it's like the fantasy that like, because I'm not trying to like regress to like infancy. No, no. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's like the infant has, doesn't have total control over or comprehension over like their own body. Right. And it's outside of, you know, like it's something as simple as like their dexterity, like not even tied by like mental faculties of like an infant, but just like an infant can barely control and it doesn't even understand fully how and why it's like hand moves when it does and mm. it doesn't understand like where its body begins and its mother's breast ends and what is within and what's without right so it's like okay then you have the fantasy of like seeing the image provides a fantasy of like a coherent self yeah and then it's like oh okay then but your actual experience is not of a coherent self so like if I'm if I'm making and also I have not like read all this Lacan stuff like in a few years, but it's like, so then the whole like fucked up thing is, is like this fantasy that then one's trying to sort of like, there's the, okay. I can't remember all the specific terms, but then yeah. it's like, you're trying to kind of like become that. Yeah. Wait, you, you broke up a little so, bit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I got um, the end okay. of Imago. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, I was just like, is that the thing? There's like, yeah, no, that's you know, the thing. You know, but anyways, I think like I don't think like we're like regressing to like our infantile sort of like selves, but I think there's always this thing of like of what an image of ourself provides, mm -hmm. um, whether you know, and we have so there's countless complicated ways in which we may relate or not relate or be traumatized or be seduced by like this image. Um, but I guess because it's, a, it's like such a huge thing and I'm not trying to kind of like talk about all of it, but I think the thing I'm interested in is like 
like photography and like the making of these images or I think of any photographic image is bound with desire mm. and not necessarily it, like in its broadest terms. And I've always been since the very beginning been like, even from, you know, from those very first portraits, I was always like, I'm going to photograph like everyone, every friend, every person mm-hmm. as if like in this, in this like could be possibly like, um, uh, uh, intimacy like one would photograph like a, a lover or an intimate partner or boyfriend girlfriend or whatever mm-hmm. I, I was just like interested in that ambiguity but anyways so that like maybe the thing with the mirror and these images I think is it can get to the what and why of photography mm-hmm. of um of because a lot of the Lacanian stuff is about like desire is a lack that then Mm -hmm. has to be filled by this by the other right it's like but thinking of it less that way than like desire is like a productive force Mm. in a sense like the way like the way in which photography exists is just the result of like all kinds of um like collated and layered and concatenated like desires whether or not it's like societal or like structural or personal and like erotic or whatever it's like the technology exists to produce an image a desired image Mm -hmm. yes that's what I'm saying. And I don't know if I'm making any sense. And if anyone's listening to this and they're like an actual like <laughs> like psychoanalysis person or someone who like really went deep with like Mary or Andrea, they're going to be like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. But <laughs> well, I don't I don't think it's important that we talk about it in the in the terms of psychoanalysis. Per- like, I think these are just like human ideas, mm-hmm. actually, like. And and I read that in some piece of my research too that you think of like that photography is about longing and and I was very interested in that because I do think there's so much I think what I really respond to in your work is there's so much like feeling and sensitivity and like eroticism and stuff and yeah it's also super smart and so like it holds this super layered conceptual side but then it's just really beautiful and sexy and like tender and that is not a very I feel like that combo is not the most frequent combo somehow (laughs) yeah yeah thank you yeah it's like um yes (laughs) it's like a really it's like a really hard realm I think Mm-hmm. But I think often, like the cerebral, I feel like I keep co- talking to different guests about like the mind body split a bit. And I feel like, I feel like you're kind of bringing those to, like, I feel like the conceptual would, would often benefit from a little more body and mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, eroticism. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I agree. And I think that's the thing that I'm interested in it's like I think the bodily or like to connect what I was just saying to like 
that is, you can, and I think maybe this is changing, but like when I was studying and doing like art history and photo history, it's like, you'll look at a lot of this like 19th century work as if there's no question to why there's so many nude women Mm -hmm. (laughs) like posed in where there's a mirror in the studio behind them so that you can like look at their bodies from multiple angles Mm -hmm. as if you were like in Rodin's studio just like moving around you know there's like no question like no one's like well why did like um Talbot like photograph this like bust of Patroclus which is like the 19th century like it's like saying you're a drag race fan in the 19th century it's just like oh this is just like a gay person you know Uh like no one's like but but there are all these papers written about like all of this you know but it's like why did this person photograph this thing like 200 times you know like the 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 desire behind the images is never talked about we just talk Mm -hmm. about and everyone just talks about like like whatever the photo history art history discipline can handle and so what I'm hoping to do is that like the conceptual or the cerebral part of it, like actually trying to like and ask questions about the structure and like the history of photography will force into that conversation, having to talk about the content of the work. Yeah. Of, like the reason why this work exists is at its base, sort of like a shared, like a collective, like a mutual desire And the technology and the medium itself is a result of many different instances of that. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like, it's that kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, I was in like hearing you say, and I was watching some other talk, and you were talking about like sometimes your early photos would end up on like porn blogs and things like that. Um, but I feel like your work, I feel like it's erotic, but not pornographic, I would say. But like, I was reading, I've been reading a lot of um, Camille Paglia recently. And she is of the mind that art and pornography actually are like come from the same place or even like, fill the same part mm-hmm. like of the imagination. And but I think it's what is cool about your work is that it's not it it feels like we have so much porn in the world and we don't have a lot of like images of sex that have some other dimension to them and I wouldn't Mm -hmm. say also not to say that your work is completely about sex or something but it feels like it has a sexual component that has feeling Mm -hmm. to it which I feel like we don't have a lot of images of that yeah I mean that's what I I kind of like hope that like whether it's just like a straightforward portrait or just like a still life or it's like a collage thing or mm. it's like one of the dark ones that they all have that. Mm-hmm. But then they all have like a con- the conceptual thing and that they all have like an element of friendship and then they all have an element of like process. Yeah. Like ideally they should have all of like, mm-hmm. they should. Have- so yeah, I think I, I, I agree. Like, yeah. I like that idea that like the, yeah, the still lifes or things that might not even have 
more than like a fragment of a body could be equally like erotic or have that sensibility and care. That's cool. (laughs) 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 What do you think that, I wonder if you can like place, like how you do that or where, how do you, how do you give it that energy? Maybe it's hard to talk about, but I am curious about that. Like of of having all those elements in ideally all of the work. Yeah, or maybe just how like a like a sensual how how does how does it um how do you give how do you like you're talking about your early portraits being like giving them the feeling of like how you would photograph a lover or something like is there a is there like a secret to that or um I mean it was just sort of like a conversation Mm -hmm. and I think acknowledging kind of like uh I think it was like I think at the beginning it was like particularly acknowledging kind of like a mutual curiosity Mm -hmm. you know like I really like some of that earliest work the thing that was most interesting about it is the initial portraits were like those initial initial portraits were like really in at made at the same time as the formation of those friendships Mm -hmm. like I think the very first portraits of like Tim maybe from like 2006 you know, it's like we were just getting to know each other. Like, and same thing with like many people. But you know, then over the years, like, but you know, the portraits are from like two thousand eight, then two thousand and eleven, and then some like more casual ones made up in in Warwick at um, at his parents' place in like twenty thirteen and fourteen. Like, they they continue, but those initial ones, I think, and what I hope kind of continues is that like thing of getting to know someone and it and there being no hard boundaries on what kind of relationship it will be mm-hmm. where it's kind of like I would and I, I know it's not like exclusive to this but I would always just sort of be like yeah when like gay people meet it's like it could be anything like right. you, you acknowledge that there's an interest but it's like you're kind of like is this like a crush or is this like this person's really interesting and I just want to talk about books and it's totally platonic or is it like someone you just want like totally like hang out with and be like oh my god this is my new but like there's just it's and that at any point anything could slip into another thing you know like there's this weird like not negative but like I think a productive kind of like like playful tension yeah, uh, that just, makes sense. Never, you could just like make out with any friend at any given time, and it's like it's <laughs> not to be a thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, um, so I think, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that the center is just like the idea of like a, it's just sort of like a, a a mutual curiosity and a mutual vulnerability. Yeah, that makes a lot of but sense. Sorry, yeah, because I, I had to. I also realized that at the beginning, I had to start making self-portraits 
because I had, I couldn't just be behind the camera and it'd be that like a, this one way thing that it had to be kind of like, so off, so some, you'd, you wouldn't see it as much, but sometimes some of the porches are made while I w may have set up the camera and I'm, you know, composed everything and I'm behind the picture, but sometimes I would just then use a cable release and then just like sit next to the person, sit next to a friend. Mm-hmm. No, and then also just making my own self-portraits was like just a good exercise in, you know, being on all sides of, of everything. So that kind of just very, also very much continues. Yeah. Yeah, I like that idea of like there's a kind of possibility in and that, yeah, that does, it doesn't have to be so defined. Yeah. what things are like it's an openness um mm -hmm. but yeah. yeah I was remembering too like that you said like that you think the thing that's changed the most in your work is like a sense of depth like from those earliest to now and I I felt like that made a lot of sense to me like like maybe as you've matured and as you've kind of like Impl implicated yourself and and become more vulnerable and part of it that has like deepened it like I read that you were actually kind of like a shyer young person and like and the camera was like a way of connecting mm -hmm. and which is was like a surprise to me because I see you as a very kind of social and gregarious person um <laughs> uh, but uh how do I put it um well yeah I could see that a camera like having a photo practice would be a like there's a reason to connect with people like through the camera and that it's kind of like but you're a bit like on the other side you're a little protected so like to put yourself to reverse that or to to collapse that distance does feel like vulnerable a lot more vulnerable yeah yeah I mean also part of that is just kind of like the reason why I don't photograph strangers mm -hmm. like I've never like I remember when I was at NYU and my friend Mara we would hang out and she would just like like approach people in the park like in Washington Square Park or like Tompkins Square Park or like we'd be sitting having like a slice of pizza on like on like mulberry street or something and she would just like photograph you know and that's what she's like i was always in awe of people who can just like who just like go up to people and are like you're interesting or like you're amazing can i make a photo of you i've never in my life done that mm -hmm. uh, and i don't like randomly ask people like so part of it is like the reason why i only photograph people that i know um but then also it's like interesting like there's a lot of friends who I don't have any portraits of. Mm -hmm. They're really shy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was wondering about. Like, do do only some people have the kind of performative capacity to be to mm -hmm. become portraits or to collaborate? Yeah, I mean, and it's you know, it's it's also just sort of like depends on 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 like. Yeah, there's some friends who are just like total hams and they're just like, I want to be in every in everything. And I'm like, no, that doesn't. No. <laughs> and, and then there's some, 
you know, so it just kind of depends on what kind, what kind of, like what body of work it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then sometimes I do hound some friends and I'm like, please, like, you know, like, um, I think I have like two portraits of like Adam White, like, you know, but one was like one where I had like, I think a bunch of friends were over for like a holiday and I just like set up like a photo booth, you know? And I was like, okay, finally got you, Adam. And then like another one was one weekend when we were all up at, um, at, uh, at Tim's parents' house and like Adam and Josh and Rafi and, and I were all up there and again, like in a group setting, I kind of like got portraits of everyone. But, you know, there's like friends like that were in the last show, the previous one I did at Veal Matter here in LA. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like I finally got my friend Abdi to be in, a por- in like some portraits, you know? It's like, sometimes I'm just like, I think it'd be really important and interesting. And I just have to be like, okay, let's give it a try. And if you don't, <laughs> if you don't like the pictures, then... We don't have to, you know, but yeah, part of it is like, I think it's also, I think it is important to kind of like acknowledge that like, it's not just, there's a balance between sort of like, um, between like, who feels most comfortable and wants to be in a lot of images and those who don't. And mm-hmm that doesn't necessarily get talked about as much. And I don't know how important it is, or it's not really, there's no, there's nothing kind of like deeper about it, but I think maybe it's just interesting to acknowledge. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense to me because I think, I mean, everyone, no one really feels like kind of going back to what I was saying before, like no one really feels like they're hamming it up. Like it feels like, it feels like, I don't know. I feel like you're able to capture a very relaxed and natural like relationship between you and the other subjects or collaborators and and between all of you and the camera. Like it feels like you're able to kind of almost forget the camera a little bit or befriend mm-hmm. it maybe. Mhm. Yeah. Uh, I mean some of it's also editing. Yeah, I always okay. tell like students when you're like shooting portraits or whatever, like, you know, maybe on the first roll or two or the first whatever digital shots, like then maybe there's something interesting, but like oftentimes, like we're trained since we're like children for the past, like four generations that when there's a camera out, you're supposed to like smile and like do a thing. Like it's, you kind of have to get, or people just like freeze up. Like you have to kind of shoot enough to kind of get past that and just be in a conversation. Mm-hmm. And the best pictures are made when we've just stopped thinking stuff through and it's just kind of like, oh, here. And it also helps having the making the work in a mirror because everyone can see themselves. Right. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So it's like, um, it's a little bit reassuring. So yeah, there's the, you know, you can't, I don't think anyone can just sort of like go right into it and like make a photograph where someone is 
it's comfortable or not hamming it up. You kind of have to let someone do that. And I will have those pictures and I will send them to my friends and mm-hmm. it's like, they're fun. But yeah. those aren't going to be the ones that I use. And same thing with like the earlier ones, like those earlier portraits, people used to call them the sad boys. Mm-hmm. Because, I, I, because I selected the ones where like it was in between or like, you know, we're kind of like at a pause or someone's like in thought or there was, you know, I think there's one, there's a couple of portraits of smiling. Like there's one of Colin Fitzpatrick smiling, like, mm-hmm. um, but that was just like, that's so him. Like I couldn't make a portrait of Colin, not like giggly, mm-hmm. um, but everyone just looked very serious and very like kind of sad, but it's just, that was just me editing it wasn't, it, you know, but there were pictures of everyone just like being silly, like Tim with his like tongue sticking out and like doing a, the macarazzi, you know, it's like, those are all in there. I just never showed them. <laughs> right. How long do you feel like it takes for a session to like, how, are these like hours long to get to that point or does it vary? It varies. Sometimes it's an hour. Sometimes we, the whole, we, everything's in an hour. Sometimes it's like, especially like now that I'm or when I was in New York if friends were coming in from out of town it's like you know you're also catching up with someone so it might be part of like an entire day of hanging out mm-hmm. um, if friend when friends are coming to LA it's like you know the same thing it's like it's it's you're gonna want to like spend you know we're gonna like spend a whole day to, maybe we go for like a hike and get some food and then it's like oh then let's stop by a studio take some pictures then let's meet up with like other friends mm-hmm. you know yeah like it's there's an inter- <laughs> I was just thinking there's an interesting sense of time in this in the kind of like timelessness of the studio you know like there's no windows there's no um natural light or maybe there's natural light but you can't see the source of it so it's kind of like that thing like a casino I guess where you have no idea like it feels like timeless in a way like in that sense of like well just the idea of play too of kind of could endlessly be unfolding like I think your work has this sense of like it can kind of endlessly um continue itself where it is now or something yeah I mean the funny thing is I'm moving studios but in the same building Mm -hmm. I'm just swapping a friend she needs a little less space and I need a little more space Mm -hmm. (laughs) so we're just like swapping because I've been in the same studio for five years but yeah there's like I think that's the thing like there is a lot of like still interesting process to work out by having a few key elements and just moving them around. Mm-hmm. Now it's like there's what eight eight keys in a scale, and like we're still making piano music. You know, yeah. You know, it's like the difference between like okay, this is the instrument that I'm using, and the more you play it, like the deeper you can go. Versus like if you were like, I'm a musician. Every time I'm thinking about making music what instrument will it be like yeah what genre will it be like will there be voice will there not will there be rhythm or not like if you just had to start from scratch and I think a lot and I think a lot of photography kind of gets in that thing where some where you're trying to if 
you know, I don't want to be having to like, what kind of camera am I going to use? How am I going to construct the light? Like what kind of concept and setup and, and clothing, like the, the idea of like having to start a production from scratch every time would just be because so I like to narrow the process down to have a few things and work an op, like a material or a object or a type of positioning until it's sort of until that question kind of like calms down and another thing like surprises me and then I go in that direction mm -hmm. um something else I was thinking about with the mirror like it kind of even though there's something like like we can't often see the mirror because it's like <clears throat> it's like the mirror is kind of where the surface of the photograph would be right like mm -hmm. we're kind of seeing through the mirror in a way so it can be a little strange like spatially sometimes but I was also thinking and I wonder what you think of this like it almost like if it is a mirror it's like we're seeing ourselves in your work too even though we're kind of we can't actually see ourselves but that may be like you are our reflection in a way mm -hmm. um like yeah I don't know this idea I got from kind of spiritual stuff of like that we are that we're not so different from each other so that maybe like we're not seeing our exact selves, but we're seeing like parts of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think there's some, some there is those questions of like projection mm -hmm. and stuff. But yeah, I'm actually really interested in the fact that the viewer is outside of the image. Mm -hmm. But as the surface reveals itself and you realize you're looking at a mirror, mm -hmm. logically, when you're looking at a mirror, you should be in the reflection. Right. So it's kind of like, first you see a camera pointed at you for the most part, and then you're like, oh, there's a camera pointed at you. And then you kind of get that bodily feeling of like being looked at. And then the, you realize, oh, wait, I'm looking at the surface of a mirror. So I'm the camera's not pointed at me. And then you're like, oh, but I should be in the mirror reflection. And then you're like, no, I'm not in the mirror reflection. And then you realize you're like completely outside of the image and the image is indifferent to you. Mm -hmm. but Ideally, that's where I'm kind of like the, where it makes use of desire to be like, oh, how do you want to relate to it or find a connection or be involved? And then it's kind of like, and all that stuff I think is outside of like art, mm -hmm. specifically like art theory. Like, and then you just have to kind of like deal with like yourself or like, or maybe the social world or whatever. So yeah, that's kind of like tied up in into it but it's less about and I, and I know people who see the work like that representation or identification or projection is really important mm -hmm. um, but I think formally and conceptually like embedded in the work is being um, at least in the viewing relationship outside of the work and the mm -hmm. connecting in or entering into a relationship with work is a is like a personal thing mm -hmm. yeah. yeah that makes sense i was i wish i could yeah.
stand in front of them now. <laughs> um, I feel like I heard you mentioned Fassbender in some talk too, and I was I love Fassbender, and I was thinking about maybe like well in the in your show in in the, your show of work at the Biennial, you were showing like. Sometimes there's multiple cameras, and and some and you were sometimes you were showing some of the other photos that mm. were taken in relation to your own, um, and I was thinking about. I mean, I don't know if that's exactly what this is made me think of it, but just like the relationship between like a director and their actors and that collaboration, like how he had these close relationships with different actresses that he kind of built over the years and he and he was often also in his work um also but even if maybe not it's not related so specifically I wonder if I, I get the sense you like him and maybe he, you have some interest in him I, I've thought I mean I've thought about it just in terms of like what unfolds in front of a set mm -hmm. i mean i was just thinking about like the interior like everything that unfolds in the interior of petra von Kant's apartment mm -hmm. um like that's what i was thinking about and i was thinking about like that really beautiful just sort of like wallpaper tapestry mm -hmm. or like the way that the camera like rotates from like stage of the bed to like the little kitchenette and then the little desk and then the door and it's just kind of like everything can unfold without leaving that space I wasn't thinking about the relationship between Fassbender and the actors although mm -hmm. like you know like my friend Malik writes a lot about that mm -hmm. um, but uh, I and so I thought you know so I thought about it but not not in relation to the work and then particularly like with the project that was at the Whitney Biennial it's uh, if I were to relate it in a way to let's say like a, a relationship between a director mm -hmm. and actors which it's not mm -hmm. it'd be as if the director conceived of a set and then each actor made the film themselves Mm -hmm. and the films and then so you had one film independent of the director made by each actor or actress mm -hmm. and then that work would be a trip is their work so it's like all of the images in the Whitney Biennial were made alongside me by friends using their own cameras in my studio so the space in which we're photographing I had initially put together but it may they may have moved or changed things or looked at things or not like so they were so I I had no authorship over those works and all of the works that was shown was attributed to each of these friends I, and so mm -hmm. yeah so it was kind of like a group show within a group show mm -hmm. that like the you know I, ideally it would have been like a group show of 10 other artists work or 10 other some are artists some are do not identify as artists mm -hmm. writers whatever um organized by me mm -hmm. but in the context of something like the Whitney Biennial 
like, I mean, it was a whole learning experience and that's a whole other podcast to get into. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's very, it's, it's very different from, um, from it, the work was not directed by me. Right. The work was made alongside me in a space that, that was, um, in spaces that were, that I had sort of like been working in and in some cases have continued to work in, but Mm -hmm. independent of me. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like, but do you feel like in your work that like kind of questioning or complicating authorship is something you're interested even when it's just the, the images that you've made or like you're presenting the ones that you actually are kind of claiming? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think mine, the ones that are mine necessarily question authorship, but I think they point to when you see multiple cameras mm-hmm. or multiple lenses, it points to an image that you are not able to see. And it points to like mm-hmm. someone else's authorship. Mm-hmm. Right, like the coexistence of you know, different perspectives, maybe. Yeah, alongside each other. When you were creating this show, do you do you feel do you make a show with like like are is your work kind of generated around a show, or is it more like something you edit out of the ongoing process? It's the second. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I just, I could not be a kind of artist who made work, like had to come up with work for a show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, I just, it's always kind of like ongoing. And that's why the I tend to show work that's a little older. So when it, when, when an opportunity for an exhibition comes together, it's about, um, looking through recent work and pulling together um, kind of like an underlying thread that would be interesting to kind of explore. And then that will be like the bulk of the show. And then when looking at that, there might be, you know, then a moment of saying, oh, there's, you know, maybe there are like one or two new works that might be interesting to make in response to this, what I pretty much have that kind of fill it out. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the process of making a show is kind of just like, it's just kind of like, it's, 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 it's editing. It's reviewing and editing. Right. So yeah, I feel like, I mean, maybe that's, something that all artists contend with, but maybe it's especially something that happens with photography. Like, it seems like, like you were saying, there's so many images that may be generated from each like session that really choosing and figuring out what it's about seems important. Like reminds me of Frederick Wiseman, the documentary filmmaker, he would just shoot like hours and hours of footage and he wouldn't even know what the film, he wouldn't know what the film was about until the editing process. And I always thought that was 
cool way of yeah. yeah. Is there anything about the editing process that helps you navigate it? Like, or is it just like spending a lot of time looking? Yeah, it's just spending a lot of time looking and looking at the la- the previous show or mm-hmm. show and just seeing what is a continuing conversation from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything that is inspiring you right now or giving you like inspiration in your process? Just kind of. I mean, the process now is just kind of going through a lot of work is the thing that has been the most generative right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, just like going going into a lot of stuff that's already here and figuring that out. Mm-hmm. So the last thing to say is that is that like looking back at work and kind of figuring out what sort of questions have been sort of the question that you didn't know you were asking and going back and looking at things and finding is is the best, I think, way to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's part of the process. Yeah. And that's that. <laughs> Thank you.